Petersfield's Shine Radio. Growing together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos on Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, thanks for joining us in Growing Together. Steve and I are back at the Adhurst Estate Allotments and we've met here in an evening, Steve. I know. We've managed to have all our recordings in bright sunshine, haven't we? We've risked it today and sat outside the shed because we're getting a lot of passing showers, aren't we? Yeah, it's been a bit showery today. Quite heavy showers Dodging as well. the rain, <laughs> yeah. Big fat rain. We like big fat rain. I remember recording a Growing Together with Anne-Marie this time last year, for July, at the community garden next door. Oh, in really? In the pouring rain. Oh, fantastic. So it's okay. obviously this time of year. Yeah, yeah. It's been great for the garden, once again, because it has been so dry. It's been absolutely bone dry. The cracks in the ground are just, it's crazy. You know, we haven't had significant rain for quite some time. Some good, fat, heavy showers are what we need. It can do all it likes during the evenings and at night time but you know in the daytime when you're actually trying to work work your plot or in your garden it's not ideal but hey we'll take it saves watering it does yeah and everything's growing walking down here to meet you everything's shot up it's all green and lovely with the odd pop of color from different flowers around it's just as an allotment should be isn't it it is isn't it no it's really lovely the beautiful greens and then as you say the the pop of a few different colors i mean some of the runner beans you can see here starting to flower i think i'm on about my sixth picking of sweet peas which is lovely and actually left some leeks in from last year you can see those there the, the allium heads they look absolutely beautiful that really sort of like lilac-y sort of lavender sort of colour I do that every year do you? yeah oh, okay. I do that every year and then they self-seed and I'm, I'm a bit of a one for self-seeding so then they'll oh, pop up that fills me with dread <laughs> leeks self-seeding <laughs> <laughs> then you get alliums in different parts of your garden the following year well alliums or leeks well, they're just the leeks yeah well yeah, the yeah. leeks come up but yeah, I, yeah. I tend to let them go to flower because I wow. like that okay yeah. I have leaks we'll growing. A, we'll so. agree to disagree on that. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me the... Oh. Visibly shaking. Here. Exactly. I don't, I don't find that, that kind of gardening very calming at all. It's, uh, <laughs> it gives me, the, gives me the, the hibby-jibbers, as my daughter calls it. Well, you did ask me as we were walking down here, have I got celeriac growing in that bed there? And I, and I looked at you a bit strangely and said, well, no, it's a flower bed. Why would I have celeriac growing in a flower oh, bed? Sorry, silly me. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> It's all looking very healthy. I'm pleased to hear you've been enjoying your sweet peas because I have been too. And it's so important to keep cutting them, otherwise they'll just go to seed really quickly. They go to seed really quickly, don't they? Yeah. yeah. I, do, I don't know about you, but I do find, obviously, as the season goes on with them, the stems get shorter and shorter and shorter. So you start off with sort of 10, 12-inch stems. They're very grand. And I don't know how these guys do it for the shows. Have you ever been to a sweet pea show? I haven't. I imagine it smells lovely. It smells fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But it's bonkers. The stems on them sort of 10 12 inches easy every single one of them impressive i'm not i'm not even going to go down that route of getting obsessed with sweet peas i enjoy the sweet peas we'll leave it at that i think you're not going to try and do it like you do with your your runner beans no. make them extra no, 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 each year no, no. <laughs> and i think it, like like a lot of things isn't it you know when people are growing for the show bench and things like that it is about the varieties you use but i also think you know especially with sweet peas i believe it's quite technical but hey let's not even go down that route because no, no, i don't no, know enough about it enjoy them but for the lovely if you, flowers if you find an early summer show go along and look at the sweet peas they're phenomenal nice to know so you are growing for the show but later on this year aren't you what are, yes. you, what are you growing well start at the top carrots parsnips then obviously we've got more dahlias than you can shake the proverbial stick at <laughs> runner beans i've never had much success on the show bench with runner beans but i've grown less this year of a different variety that i, I bought 
from somebody off one of the veg growing sites on Facebook. So we'll see how they go. Um, and then obviously if that works, we'll save some of those seeds and we'll, we'll use those ones. Um, but then the longest runner bean, we'll have a bit of friendly competition on the allotment. I'm in my seventh year of reselecting the seeds. 23 inches, I think we've got to wow. for a runner bean so Crazy. far. So we'll see how that goes. That's always a bit of fun. Runner beans, French beans, courgettes, beetroot, sweet corn, gladioli, and then other flowers. We've got asters, zinnias, cosmos, uh, rubecchias, and anti-rhinos. Very nice. Yeah. You're feeling good about it, organised and happy. I feel a little more relaxed now than I did probably three months ago. But, you know, things start getting the feet in the ground, don't they? Like all the plants, don't they? Just take a few days, weeks to get themselves sorted out and then, then they start growing. And I've been checking the carrots, Project Carrot. We're, we're looking okay. Are we? Yeah, the shorter ones are looking good and the, the longer ones, I had a couple of look at the shoulders the other day and... They're looking all right as well, so we'll see. When do you think would be the right time to reveal those then? Day before the show. Which is? Well, August, yeah. I'm, I'm missing two shows because I'm on holiday with the kids. Badly timed. I, I, <laughs> I don't think I should cancel. I think they'd kill me. Yeah, they probably would. <laughs> so all, basically, this all will rest on the one show that you're going to do at the end of No, August. no, I've got four shows I'm doing, but the first okay. one is at the end of August and then, then they roll into early September, which is more focused on the dahlias. There, there is veg, but more focused on the dahlias, which, as you know, I love. It's a big thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can't wait for the big Project Carrot and Project I know, Parsnip know, it, it could be the biggest disappointment going <laughs> everything's riddled with carrot fly all the carrots are forked it could be an absolute <laughs> unmitigated disaster i hope not because a lot of effort as you know has gone into it or a lot it, of delicious soup it'll be what it'll be exactly <laughs> yeah. it'll be what it'll be nothing we can do about it in the hands of the carrot gods exactly yeah Can't exactly wait. <laughs> so funny yeah well, your potatoes look nice as well. We're sat here right by your potato bed. Mm. And you have covered them. They're still in their bags and you've covered them with lots of soil. Is that as much covering as they're going to get now? Oh, yeah. No, I, when I plant the potatoes, I fill the bags up with compost all the way to the top. So, um, yeah, they just sit there doing their thing. They get a couple of feeds, plenty of water, obviously, in the bags. They need the water because they're not getting it from the ground. So whilst I moan about people watering every day, in the hot weather, the potatoes do need watering every day because essentially they're in a pot. Yeah, so they're two weeks away from harvest, maybe three, I need to check my calendar. Two or three weeks, but I, I do it on time rather than waiting for flowers. Do you? Yes. So how long do you give them from when you put them in the pots? Depending on the variety, between 14 and 18 weeks. The later the variety of potato, I know it sounds obvious, the longer they stay in the ground. So yeah. it doesn't matter when you plant them, it's 12 weeks, 14 weeks, 16 weeks. So main crop is generally sort of 16 weeks. Obviously, I don't want these too big. I want them sort of, well, as you can see on the radio, <laughs> about that size. Potato size. Potatoes, a good potato. <laughs> a a single-person baker, I would say. You know, okay. a, a non-greedy a non baker um, is the size I'm looking for. And I do check, have a little root around in the bag, have a little have a feel around, see, see how they're looking. You'll be careful not to damage the skins, though. Yeah, Such that. a geek. You can't help yourself. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and then the dahlias have taken up a lot of time over the last few weeks. I was talking to you earlier, wasn't I, about stopping them. So you look around, some dahlias are already in full flower, but I've, mine don't. I, I leave them. I, basically, I, stopping them is a process of taking the main stem out. And again, depending on the variety, just nip out the main growing stem. Some at four leaves, some at six leaves, some at eight leaves, and then it produces more lateral shoots, which produce more flowers. Not as strong or as vigorous as the main one you would get, but you get lots more flowers and a stronger stem, actually, because you've got more of them growing. Okay, yeah. so you've done that 
a couple of times now. How how long can you do that up until? Well, you work it back from when your shows are. So if your show is in 12 weeks time, you need 12 weeks from stopping for the lateral shoots to form, for the stems to grow, for the buds to develop, for the flowers to open. Obviously you want them to open. It's not an exact science, obviously, but it's pretty precise. I'm, I'm very much learning about it around timings. So I've just done everything at roughly the same sort of time. And some of them are about to have their second stop. So a couple of the bigger lateral shoots need nipping out now as well to produce more flowers. And that would probably be the last stop. Oh, I wouldn't do 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 anymore. Yeah, 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 I wouldn't do anymore. (laughs) Two stops. People think I'm mad. When people ask me about the dahlias, and I say, oh, you want to take the top out of that? Well, what do you mean? And you get your knife out of your pocket and just go like that. And they go, (gasps) what have you done? But it's fine. They thank me in the end. Well, I took your advice at the beginning of the year, growing the dahlias, and mine was shooting up quite quickly here in the greenhouse. And so I did take the tops off. And and better for it. Yeah, bushier plants. plants, yeah. Yeah, you'll get more flowers. But it is scary. It is. It's quite a leap of faith. You've never done it before. Exactly. Mm. There's a a lady, no names, no pack drills, on the allotment who's grown them. And um, obviously I didn't quite catch her in time. And her dahlias are about sort of four foot high, which I think she must have grown them from seed. And it it all works and you still get flowers, but she'd have got a lot more if she'd not let them get so leggy. And she'd probably have, I don't know, half a dozen flowers off each plant. Whereas if she nipped them out, you're probably going to get 20 flowers. Oh. So, but, hey. Again, something you learn for exactly. next year. Exactly. And I think that's about gardening, isn't it? You know, it's got two chances, isn't it? It either does or it doesn't. So. Yeah, and you learn and yeah, then you move you on. Yeah. And there's always next year. Exactly. And in fact, I'm kicking myself with my strawberries because I think I've moaned about them before in the plot that I have them in at the moment. And I, I love strawberries, don't get me wrong. I do love strawberries. I love going out into my front garden and picking a bowl of strawberries yeah. and then going in and eating them with ice cream or something. I just didn't get that many strawberries this year. How old are the plants then? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think I knew they were probably this probably might be their fourth year mm. so i i know yeah, i know i was on it's a three-year cycle isn't it yeah. three-year cycle with strawberries yeah and they looked good they looked should have like taken they runners growing. last year i know which is what i'm going to do this year are you okay and then start again okay. with year one next year i do have some in another plot that i think are runners from a couple of years ago okay. so they're looking really good and i've had quite a few strawberries off those but the main strawberry plot i have i should have dug it up I should have done it at the beginning of the year and I could have really used that plot. But again, but, it's that you know. leap of faith again though, isn't it? You know, look at, look at all those plants. What am I going to do with them? I'm just going to throw them in the bin. Oh, you, you feel it's such a waste, don't you? Yeah. But actually, you're probably doing yourself a favour by digging up the old strawberry plants that are producing two or three strawberries a year and starting again. Yeah, yeah. so I will do that. I'll bung yeah. a load of good compost on the ground yep. and start again. Actually, it's quite liberating. Once I made that decision, <laughs> <laughs> although it's rather late in the year, you know, there's still things you can put in there. So I've, I have dug a little corner up because I was cross with the strawberries. <laughs> right, so you're not doing anything. It's still, they can still- Do you talk to them? I, not really, in my head, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The crazy lady's You'd talking have... to her strawberries again, kids. <laughs> Quick, get inside. You have to ask my neighbours. <laughs> So yeah, so I've dug a little corner of this plot. I've taken the strawberries out and I have popped some beetroot, which I should have put in the ground a month ago, but they were in a tray and I thought, well, I'll give them a go. And then some chard I've got in there and I'll probably put some parsley in. Mm-hmm. I like to grow flat leaf parsley a couple of places throughout the garden. Right, okay. And I love it. I just can't get enough of it, really. Really? So I'll, I'll probably scatter that around the place as well. And that will still come up and maybe yeah. some lettuce. Well, I've, I've so. planted some 
beetroot yesterday. Did you? Yeah, from seeds. seeds yeah. Did you? Okay. Yeah, some some beetroot. I sort of did alternate rows of beetroot and radish. They'll come up. You know, baby beetroot, little radish, and a salad. Yummy. Yummy. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I thought. There's yeah. still time, so you still can put things in the ground. Like yeah, radishes. Actually, I hadn't thought about them. Lettuce, radish, stuff that won't take too long. Exactly. But I've noticed here you're not growing any legumes. You don't have peas or no. broad beans. No, I don't. I'm not a big fan of broad beans, and I have tried peas in the past. The trouble is, like I love a fresh pea, so does Mr Pigeon. And I've got so much going on. I'm for an easy life, if I'm honest, Claire. Actually, a bag of peas from the freezer, they're very tasty. It's a lot of hassle. Well, you've got a lot of plots for your lovely flowers now. Exactly. I, th- I think that I was just saying to a neighbour, actually, I think I'm probably 50-50 this year with flowers and veg. And is that more than normal? Mm, it's because I've got an extra bed of dahlias, so everything's had to shuffle around. It's interesting how things evolve, though, isn't yes. it? Yeah. And what you sort of focus it, on more each year. I need five beds of dahlias is enough. <laughs> I'd say it's excessive, Steve, but there we are. <laughs> You're the dahlia man. Well, I don't know about that, but I enjoy them. I do enjoy them. How do you stop slugs getting on dahlias? I'm a bit of a chemical warfare guy, I'm afraid. Are you? I use slug pellets. Mm. You know, obviously I know the, the laws changed with slug pellets and the ferrous-based ones now. You know, I've done a bit of research into them. And as far as I'm concerned, rightly or wrongly, I think they're fine. Some clever people have developed these things for us gardeners to use. And I, and I get people not wanting to use them because there's doubt about the food chain and all that kind of stuff. But do you know what? They work. I don't think anything else, apart from nematodes, um, which I've never used, but they're very pricey. And for a plot this size, I'd need a second mortgage to use nematodes on, on it. But, you know, eggshells, beer traps, wool. Someone said wool has worked, but you need a lot of sheep. But slug pellets, I'm afraid. Yourself? I haven't done anything. That's why I'm asking you. Oh, because right, okay. my dahlias aren't getting chomped. They're getting chomped, are they? Yeah, they yeah. are. So. But once they get to a certain size, though, so you, you don't need them all the time. Once the dahlias get a bit more robust, the main stems get a bit more robust, they're fine. The slugs leave them alone. Okay. Then you just got to worry about black fly. Well, yes. Mentioning black fly, I've, I have grown broad beans. I've grown a couple of different plots of broad beans because I like them. But every year... There come the black fly on the top. What is it about broad beans and black fly? I don't know. I've had quite a lot on my runner beans as well this year, actually. Ah, oh, have you? Mm. Weird weather again, maybe. Maybe. I tend to get a hose. Oh, do you? I'm watering, you I just wash them off as best I can. Yeah. That's the sort of only thing I do, really. What Do you do anything to clean um, them? Soapy water. Just a mild detergent in a spray can. Seems to work. And with, with that sort of stuff, because the sprays, the pesticide sprays, obviously are completely indiscriminate. And I, I like the other little bugs. You know, quite often when you're spraying the beans with your soapy solution, you see um, ladybirds. Lady so you don't, you don't want to kill them as well. No, you? you don't. No, exactly. So, um, no, I'm, yeah, I'm sort of 50-50. I think some of the sort of slug pellets, as like I said, I'm happy to use. But, you know, indiscriminate use of sprays like that, you know, I'm not, not so keen. And... There's a massive industry that, that supports it. But I think you just got to be careful, haven't you? Like any pesticide or any chemical, really, you just got to be careful using it, haven't you? Yeah. Now, when we last spoke, you had just, or you were just about to put your pumpkins in the ground. You'd prepared the ground. Yep. You'd given it some food. You're about to put them in. How have they settled? They're on the march. Good. Yeah, we've got some fruit set already. Have you? Yeah. <gasps> that was only, quick. Only sort of in between a golf ball and a tennis ball, I'd say. Very exciting. So, uh, yes, yeah, so they're getting a good weekly feed. I'm going to tell you, I shouldn't tell you, high nitrogen feed. Why shouldn't you tell us? Secrets. Other people might listen. We've got got to try and win this biggest pumpkin competition. (laughs) Yeah, no, um, high nitrogen feed, anything with a big leaf or lots of leaf 
use a high nitrogen feed for them. So same with the dahlias, they get a, a weekly feed of a high nitrogen feed at the moment, whilst there's lots of growth going on, which I'll then switch later in the season when the flowers start coming. And do you mulch around your pumpkins as well? I don't actually, know. the feed does enough. They seem to be. I've never had a go at properly growing big pumpkins, so it's a bit of an experiment again this year, but the bed's over there, it's out the way, it gets watered every time I come up here, fed once a week. We'll see. Let them do their thing. Exactly. But they are on the march. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I love that. That's so exciting because they're the ones that come later on the year, aren't they? So yeah. when everything else has kind of been and gone or just finishing, you've got those lovely pumpkins yeah. to look forward to. Well, I've got to. some other plants where I've taken up the shallots. I'm going to put a couple of pumpkin plants in where the shallots were, just for Halloween-type pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing special. Very nice. Yeah. Well, I did put the two pumpkins that I had that germinated, I did put them under the trampoline. Oh, did you? Which is the only location I had left. Should have put them in the strawberry bed. Face. Yeah, well, now <laughs> I could do. They're quite happy. Yeah? Yeah, I think the soil's really good there. Okay. It always has been. And where the trampoline is, it's obviously above ground trampoline. Mm. It gets a lot of sun. And the actual trampoline itself seems to sort of filter the sun, so it's not okay. baking, baking. Yeah, yeah, so it's quite shaded. It seems to be quite a nice spot. It sounds like you need to get rid of the trampoline and well, make, I know. make a little veg bed there. <laughs> I'm, I'm working around it, believe my, me. <laughs> my youngest constantly reminds me, years ago, I got offered another greenhouse for the back garden. And the only place it could go was where the trampoline was. And the kids didn't really use the trampoline, to be fair. So I got rid of the trampoline. All hell broke loose. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Are they using the greenhouse, though, now? Are they, Are they growing never, things? Well... The other day we came home, we'd been shopping and um, we had a, a, a regular tea, just a chicken wrap, but Harriet always likes a bit of cucumber in her chicken wrap. Have got any cucumber, Daddy? I said, hold that thought, uh, legs it out to the greenhouse, cut up mini, mini munch cucumbers. They were still warm oh. from the greenhouse. They were lovely, they were really tasty. Oh, and I'm pleased you've mentioned cucumbers in greenhouses because that's basically what's in my greenhouse now. And I don't have a big greenhouse, I just have a lean-to one. What, just, just cucumbers? Cucumbers. I've got chillies as well, my okay. chillies are growing. Yeah. They're slow, but they're getting there, just starting to flower. Yep. And I have one giant beef heart tomato plant, which is probably getting a little bit squashed in there. But it's, it's flowering, and actually there is some fruit coming on it now. Mm-hmm. But the cucumbers, I've grown cucumbers outside before. Okay. To varying degrees yeah. of success. So I thought, no, I'm going to try it in the greenhouse this year. They and mad. they're lovely. Yeah, yeah they're, they're climbing all over the place. I've got sticks up and everything. Again with cucumbers, though, use a high nitrogen feed. Don't use a tomato feed. It's got the wrong combination of goodness in it. You okay. need a high nitrogen feed in your cucumbers. All right. So I'll have do a high that. nitrogen feed and have your tomato feed. Don't mix the two. Again, big okay. leaves. Cucumbers have got big leaves. Big leaves, high nitrogen. Tips from the there top. There you go. I don't know about the top. <laughs> M- middle of the pile, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so what else have you got in your greenhouse? Uh, like you, I've got cucumbers. I've got two varieties of cucumbers. I grow mini munch, which the kids just go mad for. And then a, a variety called Carmen, which... I've never had success with. I've always had two or three cucumbers off each plant, but this year I'm hoping for great things. I've done it slightly differently, a little bit of a tweak, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, the plants are looking very, very healthy, and the, there's some cucumbers starting to grow with the Carmen variety, but they always start to grow, and then they just fizzle out and, and die, so we'll, we'll see how they go. Tomatoes, I've grown three varieties. I've got some up here, Gardener's Delight, just everyday munching. Then I've got a variety at home called Apero, and another one which is a, like a, a baby cherry and then another one for the show bench called Maisie which is a, as round as a tomato can get. How lovely. Apparently. We will see. Uh, and then some chilies. Got some Hungarian black chilies. 
Ooh. and there. How yeah. how hot are those? Oh, just a medium. I don't nice like warmth. I don't like hot hot. No, I don't no. either. I like, I like to spi- taste them. Exactly. Yeah. I like spicy food. I don't like food that hurts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> either way. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited for my chilies because I'm growing Spangles Twilight, which I grew last year, and mm. they just went on and on and on. And they're strawberry-shaped ones okay. that sort of turn different colours as they grow. So oh, they start out green, and then they turn different colours. They've got the yellows and the oranges and the reds and some white ones. Oh, brilliant. They're really lovely oh, to look great. at, yeah, yeah. and they're nice. They're, they're Do you grow them? Nice are they, they in your little greenhouse they're or in, in your window ledge? Greenhouse. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And then I'm growing a new one called Lemon Drops. Okay. Uh, I think Is it clear in the name? Oh, right, okay. Uh, so, yes, hopefully they will be... Okay, yeah. interesting. I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. It's exciting. This time yeah, of year, no, it's it great, is isn't exciting. it? Yeah, because stuff is... You know, you, you can see what's going to happen, can't you? And it's also, I mean, I've started to notice some of my flowers are starting to go over. There's a real sort of transition to this time. Like my sweet williams are starting to dry out okay. slightly. Yeah. So starting to think about potentially leaving them there to then go to seed so I can collect the seed. Would you collect the seed or just let them seed themselves? I do a bit of both. Okay. Sometimes I'm not that quick. <laughs> <laughs> and the wind has got them. Exactly. But yeah. I've left some rainbow chard from last year. I've let that go. And it is huge. Oh, really? It's gone to maybe five, six foot. I've no probably way. got two or three plants. I'll have to take a photo. I'll oh, show wow, you. I'll put amazing. it online. You can see it. It's beautiful. And it's all going to seed now. Oh, so brilliant. it will scatter and That sounds awesome. I didn't know that a, a chard could grow no. that big. No. It's obviously loving where I've put it. It's quite a sunny spot. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can still grow chard now, as we discussed. But yeah, I'm yeah. just leaving this to do its thing. Oh, that would be interesting. See, see what happens. See what happens. Yeah, yeah, they're quite incredible plants. Are they quite quite sturdy yeah one arm has fallen off but they are yeah i haven't had to stake them up or anything even in the wind that we triffids yeah really fantastic (laughs) they are it's good to um it's good to experiment yeah yeah, no definitely definitely i think back to the greenhouse quickly i know my dear neighbor is sharing some space in the greenhouse and i'm growing my tomatoes what i say properly in the cordon method so taking off all the side sheets and whatever he just lets his go wild does he? Yeah. Because you are supposed to pinch out, aren't you? Yeah. If you do oh, see definitely. those extra little definitely. new the, leaves coming, pinch them out. He if you leave one, it's amazing how quickly they grow. And don't forget to feed your tomatoes. So is he getting lots of flowers well, coming? as? I need to have a look, see, see what's going on. But I've definitely got, I've got fruit forming on mine. I don't think he's got fruit forming on his yet. It's all going into creating more leaves. Exactly. <laughs> I do tell him, but he doesn't listen. Maybe he's got a secret we don't know about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We'll see. Well, I went to see Paul Abbott at Durley Marsh Farm oh, yeah. and he used to run the Isle of Wight Lavender Farm to great success, actually. And he gave me loads and loads of lovely tips. So we'll run that as well. So you can hear a short version of what Paul was talking about. A huge amount of different varieties of lavender, which I didn't realise there no. were. But he has tips on how to grow them. He's got new varieties he's cultivating himself. He had probably four or five different varieties. So we okay. sat next to them and the, the bees were on them. Mm. It smelled lovely. I'm here at Durley Marsh Farm. It's an absolutely gorgeous morning. There isn't a cloud in the sky. There's a little breeze. You might be able to hear that. And I'm sat with Paul Abbott. Hi, Paul. How are you? Oh, Claire. Hi. It's nice to see you again on this lovely sunny day, sat amongst the lavenders. We are. We are. And how lovely. What a great place to be because it does smell gorgeous. And I'm here to talk to you about lavender because you know a few things about lavender, Paul, I understand. I've had my dealings with lavender in the past. Yeah, I once was owner of Isle of Wight Lavender. There was only about three of us in the country. And uh, yeah, I've spoken about the subject all around the world in America, etc. Bred new varieties and so on. Now I'm more of a pick your own fruit gardener, but I still got a passion for lavender. So what started your love of lavender? 
Well, years ago, um, I was in my 20s, I suppose, late 20s, before sadly I lost my mum. And when she passed away, we had to diverse the farm into something new. And she always said to me, Paul, there's something in herbs. And I never forgot it. And it was happened to be one day I bought a variety, which was what they call an intermediate tall hybrid variety, called Arabian Night. And I'll never forget it, putting it on the wall, and I smelt this lavender, and I just had this sort of epiphany, as it were, and uh, fell in love with the plant. And, and I guess it goes from there. What did you do after that? Well, it started really with the cosmetics. Initially, we were putting in um, lavenders in the field, which was taking time while we were renovating the farm itself. Over the course of time, we were then harvesting and distilling on site and making our own cosmetics. It's just one of those things. You start getting into something, and then the passion starts taking over. And, and before you look around it, you've got 180 different cultivars in your fields. So that's how it sort of started. So I was, I was literally collecting and then collected again all around the world. I was lucky to be able to collect in America and New Zealand. Met some of the really leading specialists out there, a lady called Virginia McNaughton, who had a, an amazing collection at that time. Really difficult to get back from New Zealand, the, the stuff. I had to cut it up in little cuttings and hope that I saved some, which I did. And basically the collection went on from there. I think there was about 180 different cultivars at that time. Now, that's not just your traditional Angustifolias or English varieties. It was everything from Dentatas to Pinatas to the Stokus varieties, hybrids, intermediates, etc., etc. So it was a vast family out there. I didn't realise there were that many different varieties of lavender. What's your favourite lavender? Oh, I don't know. I've, I've got so many. I've got one what I've bred now, actually, which is an amazing look of lavender, and I'm hoping to get it propagated at some point. It's just producing the, this wonderful, fragrant, long pink flower, about two inches long, and it's, it's stunning. And I've also just created one that's for field oils, which, again, I'm, I've got a lot of uh, love for. It's taken me about four years to get the right one, but it produces, again, a lovely, long, dark flower. That's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's one that can be used for multi-use, so you can use it as a cut flower or you can use it as a, a really high high-end angustifolia oil so it's again if you tend to find that most oils that go into cosmetics are one called grosso which is a quite a hybrid lavender or lavendin it is and it's more camphorous whereas you've got the traditional english angustifolias and people probably know the name of hidcote and munstead and all that sort of thing they're traditional english angustifolias and you're looking for a heady scent, something that gives you that romance and that, you know, smell and that. Now, if you can get that into a cosmetic, which is more floral, it makes that oil far more valuable and uh, far nicer into anything you make. Yes, so there was a couple of Munstead, Hidcoat, Imperial Gem, a dark one. Of common garden ones that I, I like, one of mine would be one called Little Lady. It's a pale blue flower, but very heady scented, not too big. So you can sort of grow it in a small border, about 18 inches spread. So that would be one of mine off-the-shelf lavenders if you had to buy one. So thinking about the different varieties of lavender, there's obviously French lavender. Do you have any French lavender here, Paul? I do have a couple that I've kept because I've bred them, but um, I don't tend to have the passion in, in the, the French lavenders or Stokers varieties that um, I used to grow. The thing is, they, they are more finicky. Just be aware, when you go to a garden centre, all these wonderful ones with these sterile bracts on top, the butterfly lavenders and whatever else, are not always the hardiest ones there. If you take, for example, there was one called Q Red that came out about 10, 15 years ago now. It looked a marvellous little flower, a little red flower and everything else. But like most of these unusual colours, they're tender. They don't put up with our climate at all. So if you're going to do them, make sure, A, you take cuttings because they, they perform better having it almost as an annual than just normal lavender. So, And then with some of the other varieties that are sort of hardy, minus 8, minus 10, 
Make sure you deadhead them right through the summer. Very important. Keep that flowering as often as you can. And they will go leggy if you don't trim them back. And I always, I'm French lavish, I cut them back three times a year. So I made sure that I kept them young, kept that energy below, because when they go woody, they will stay woody. They won't reshoot again. So just be aware of that. If you're growing lavender, uh, French lavenders, fantastic. Enjoy them in a pot if they are a bit tender, or pot them, put them in a pot and put them out on your ground. Again, don't overwater them, but be aware they are more tender than the traditional Angustifolia. Paul, it's been lovely sitting here next to the lavender, I chatting know, to you I about know. lavender. It makes me look a lot prettier than I usually look. <laughs> it's quite pleasant. I don't often stop, so this is a sort of nice, uh, this is a nice break to be able to sort of stop. Yeah, it's, it's really lovely. Thanks so much, Paul. Nice to talk to you again. Thanks, Claire. Uh-huh, really interesting to talk to Paul about uh, about his lavender. I love lavender as well. It's a beautiful smell, isn't it? It's nice to just sit and do that. Cause yeah, we don't yeah. normally do that, do no. we? You don't no, normally no, no. sit amongst what we've created. No, no, absolutely. We're not sitting in my potatoes. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in big trouble. You would. You would. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, it's been lovely chatting to you again. Yeah, no, you too. Thank you for your time. Really nice to come down here again. Thank you. We'll see you soon. And if you have any questions for Steve or myself, please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Or if you have any tips you'd like to give us, you can contact us on 01730 555 500 or you can email us team at shineradio.uk. Happy gardening. See you next month. Growing together. New every month and always online at shineradio.uk. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, I hope you're well. Do you know what day it is, guys? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. We're back in the groove, aren't we, with Rise and Shine this we week? We are. Yeah. Hit We're the ground running. Rise and Shine. We are doing Petersfield Parenting, about life as a family in Petersfield. JC Creasy. Yes, good morning, Alan, to you and to all your listeners. Rise and Shine, my friends. Rise and Shine. Petersfield people will know this story. You can catch Rise and Shine every weekday morning. Rise and shine. Every day has something happening. Petersfield Shine Radio.